2: Hello, and welcome to episode number 213 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. As always, you know I'm excited to be connecting with you, and I really just want to check in. How are you? How are you doing? How are you coping? How are you handling all of this? I know this pandemic is likely affecting many parts of your life. You might feel scared. There might be financial stuff coming up. There might be health stuff coming up. You might feel really, really lonely You might feel like I just want to be hugged or when is my life going to go back to quote unquote normal again? And wherever you are, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're feeling, it's all fine. It's all completely normal and it's all completely human. And one thing that I've begun doing last week is I've started hosting free calls on Zoom. These free calls are not really workshops. I host a breathwork session and a meditation session, a new moon circle, just some Q and A's, chit chat about like how to bring your business online or how to start a side hustle to give yourself more security in times like this or how to manage your love life in times like this. So if you're interested in joining one of these free calls, they're not totally impromptu, but they're not super formal like I would normally do for a workshop. So if you wanna know more information, information and to know when you can join and what the various topics are, then make sure you follow me on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant, or you're on my email list and you can get on my email list over at veronicagrant.com. Basically sign up for any free thing that's over on my website there and it'll all get you onto my email list. And the reason why I'm only sharing those call schedules there is because I'm kind of scheduling them a little bit not totally last minute, but only like three or four days in advance, like, okay, Wednesday night's free for me. So hopefully be free for other people. Let's do a breathwork session during that time. And then I'll send an email. So I'm not announcing them on the podcast just because timing doesn't really work if something's only being planned three days in advance. So if you want to know when you can hang out with me for free and do some breathwork, meditation, or Q&As on various topics and whatnot, then make sure you're connected with me elsewhere besides just this podcast. Instagram or my email list should be just fine. And finally, if you want to be coached by me for free and come onto the show, then I encourage you to sign up and take advantage of that right now as well. Early this summer, I'm going to be doing a lot of batch recording for my podcast. I'm going to be taking maternity leave at the end of 2020, possibly the beginning of 2021. And I'm doing my best to make sure that you have a weekly show to listen to while I'm gone, which means I have to do a lot of batch work right now. So if you want to be coached by me again, totally for free, then head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcasts and there scroll down all the way to the bottom of the page. You'll see a link that says want to be on the podcast or something like that. Want to be coached by me? Click the link. You'll fill out a short form and then that'll take you to my scheduler where you can schedule yourself right into my calendar. So that is a really great opportunity to get some free coaching by me. As you can hear in the coaching episodes, we can cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time. And once all of these batching episode spots are filled, that'll be it. And I probably won't be doing these calls again until early 2021. So again, com forward slash podcast. All right. I'm really excited about today's episode. I've got my good friend Veronica Peretti back on the show. She is by far the most frequent guest. I try to have her on once a season or so, not like episode season, but like season, season, just to give us a little bit of an astrological update. And this time we talked about Venus going into retrograde. So a lot of you might be familiar with Mercury in retrograde. He's the planet who goes in retrograde the most often. And there's tons of memes about him on Instagram and Mercury retrograde. And it's really hilarious and all of those things. And once every two years or so, Venus will go into retrograde. And Venus rules our love life. It rules our relationships, both romantic and platonic. It also rules the things we value, like money. It also rules business partnerships. And Venus also rules beauty and just luxury and aesthetics and things like that. So I figure, hmm, Venus going into retrograde, that might affect an area of my life that my listeners are interested in. So of course, I wanted to bring Veronica back to talk all things Venus and the opportunities that are available to you as she goes into her retrograde period in just a couple of weeks from the time that I released this show. And of course, I couldn't resist asking Veronica about the astrology of the COVID-19 pandemic. I'll let her explain all the details, but ultimately Pluto is playing a big astrological role here and Pluto rules death and destruction, but not destruction for the sake of just like, I'm going to destroy everything, but destruction for the sake of rebuilding. And so this has got me really thinking a lot. And honestly, before I even asked Veronica about the astrology of the pandemic, I'd been talking a lot about in my podcast and also my emails about When life goes back to quote unquote normal, what do you want your new normal to look like? Do you want to go back to the same crappy dating patterns, the same crappy relationships, the same crappy job, the same crappy whatever thing in your life that you know you want to change, but you've never really taken the time to actually do the work to change it. So I think with Pluto playing a really big role when it comes to society, we can begin to think about, well, what's the new society that we want to create after this is over? Over in the sense of like a month or two when some life comes back to normal, but when it's over, over once we have a vaccine and or a reliable cure, whatever that will be. You know, I think that Pluto is showing us that maybe our corporate jobs aren't as reliable as they thought they were or it's showing us that racism and inequality in the medical system, like it's still obviously a really big problem. And, you know, we hear every single presidential candidate across all parties say America is the greatest country on earth. And yeah, I think America is a pretty great country. And there's a lot of things that are great about it. But okay, let's be honest. America has really, 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 really drastically failed its citizens, especially when you compare it to other advanced industrialized nations. And I think that this pandemic is just showing all of those illusions and things are going to be breaking down and hopefully being rebuilt for the better. But I think we can also look at this on a personal level. You know, What was your love life like before the pandemic? What kind of people were you attracting? What kind of relationships were you settling for or putting up with? What kind of relationship with yourself were you putting up with? How are you treating your health and your body? What was your relationship like with your money and your finances? And what about your job? Were you settling in your job? Were you just staying in your job because you think, oh, well, it's steady and it's a paycheck and I should do that instead of go for the thing that I really want to do. And then once this is over, again, in the short-term sense of when we can have some kind of normal life, and then when things are really normal after a vaccine or a cure, What do you want your life to really look like then? What kind of career do you really want to have? What kind of love life do you really want to have? What kind of health do you really want to have? What kind of relationship with yourself do you really want to have? And I think with all of this Plutonian energy, it's just really, really highlighting that. And I will say that it's not going to be comfortable in the short term. Whenever you're destroying something, even if it's for something that you ultimately want, it's really, really hard and uncomfortable. You know, just an example from my own business last December, and I've talked about this on the podcast when I had Sarah on the show too, and she asked me about manifesting and law of attraction. And I basically called it bullshit. We'll put that episode link in the show notes as well. However, one thing that I talked about in that episode is when I closed my membership, the Love Action Tribe in December, and it broke my heart to do so. I loved the Love Action Tribe and I loved the women inside the Love Action Tribe. But I knew that it wasn't taking me where I really wanted to go in my business and it wasn't allowing me to serve my clients in the way that I really wanted to serve them. And so I had to close it. And and it was scary for a lot of reasons. One, like nothing was my baby. (laughs) I put so much time and energy and money into creating it and, and building it to what it was. And so then to just let it all go felt like, well, I just put so much time and money into it. Should I really let it go? Like that seems like a waste, And so there was that. And then also it brought in monthly income. And I was just saying like, nope, got to get rid of it. And even my husband, Stevie was like, well, why don't you just keep it until you have another thing in your business to replace that income? And I totally get that. But I was like, no, it's just, it's got to go. You know, it's not in my heart right now, because I know that it's not, you know, a part of the long-term thing. So long story short it was highly highly uncomfortable on many many levels not to mention that I was afraid people would be mad at me or disappointed and I'm sure women in the tribe were uh, but I it had to go and it's taken a while to build the seeds as to what's going to come and replace it and it's getting there and I'm excited to announce my inner child course which we'll be talking more about in the next couple of weeks or so. And that was really the thing that needed to come in its place because that was really the thing that I wanted to talk about and the way I wanted to work with my students and my clients. So I'm not going to go too much into that because you'll hear more about the inner child course uh, soon on the podcast. So keep your eyes and ears peeled, open, whatever the phrase is and hear more about that. But I just encourage you to kind of look into your life and what is already being destroyed either intentionally or unintentionally by you. And then what can you put in its place? What can you begin to grow in its place? Because I think that's really the energy of the planets right now. And I think that again, on a societal level, but then also an individual level, there's just a lot of ripe opportunity for destruction for the sake of rebirth and Again, know that it's going to be uncomfortable. However, it's always for our highest good. The universe and the stars and the planets and all of those things are always conspiring for you, not against you. So I went off on a little longer of a tangent than I expected to, but here we are. So let's get right into my conversation with Veronica. And again, we're going to talk all about the upcoming Venus retrograde, and then we're going to dive into the astrology of what's going on right now in the world. So I hope you enjoy, make sure you connect with both of us after the episode and let us know what you liked and what questions you have. And I'm going to have Veronica again on the show for sure before I go on maternity leave. So if you have a specific topic you want her to talk about, other than just giving the forecast of what's going on in the world during that time, then let me know. Send me a DM, Veronica E. Grant, or send me an email, veronicagrant.com forward slash contact. All right, my dears, let's get right to it. Hi Veronica, welcome back to the show. Hi Veronica, thanks for having me. Do you get used to like calling me Veronica or like if we're like in a group and someone else is referring to Veronica but they're talking about me and not you? Like are you used to that now <laughs> or yet? <laughs> cuz I'm not.
1: Um, no. It's still <laughs> weird cuz it's so weird to hear my name cuz it's not common at all. Yeah, there isn't many Veronicas. I um, know. I've, it must be so interesting to be like a Sarah. Yeah, where, like everyone <laughs> Where everyone is Sarah.
2: everyone is Nicholas. everyone is That's <laughs> <laughs> funny, um, okay, so you are the most frequent guest on the podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you. yeah, welcome back, and you're here for another little astrological update. and we are recording in the middle of the pandemic where both quarantine and our respective states, but there might be some not so bad news on the horizon when it comes to Venus and what she's going to be up to over the next few months, right? Maybe. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We have a very interesting journey with Venus from today. Actually, we're recording on April 10th through August
2: 7th. So before we talk about what Venus is going to be up to over the next few months, let's just back up and like, who is Venus? What does she rule? What parts of our lives does she influence?
1: Yeah, so as you probably know from mythology, Venus is a goddess and she is sort of akin to the Aphrodite or the Lakshmi, depending on what uh, pantheon of gods and goddesses you would, you know, associate yourself with. And um, she rules love, of course, and relationships, but she rules much more than that. So we often think of Venus, oh, love, relationships, you know. Dating, but she also rules all of our social interactions, in particular our relationships with other women, our friendships. She rules money and manifestation on the earth plane. So she rules the signs that she has rulership over are Taurus and Libra. And so when she's in Taurus, she is really interested in making sure that she's comfortable and having the luxuries of life and the sensual pleasures of home and um, having her money and making sure that her bank account is in good standing and all of that stuff. When she's in Libra, she's much more interested in partnership and the traditional ways that we think of Venus. While she loves steady relationships in both Libra and Taurus, in Libra, she's very interested in the idea of partnership and being in partnership, whether that is romantically or in business, you know, if you have Venus in Libra, you're a person that probably seeks out partnership in lots of aspects of your life, or one on one work, or one on one relationships. She also has a keen eye for design and beauty and fashion when she's in Libra. But she always rules these two realms of love, relationships, and money. And it's really interesting because when we're talking about Venus, we're talking about our values. We're talking about how we value ourselves, and we're talking about what we value in others. So that is a running theme, no matter where she is in the Zodiac.
2: Yeah. I love that. Uh, Actually, coincidentally, well, by the time this episode comes out, two episodes ago, so the one that came out yesterday at time of recording is all about the connection between money, love, and food. I throw food in there because I think we also value the way we look or we internalize that value from society. Yeah. Anyways, so if people are interested in learning more about how all these things are related, then make sure you listen back to that episode. It's two episodes down from this one. Okay, great. So then is this going to be a big time of year for Taurus folks and Libra folks or... Who else might this be a big... So
1: this is actually going to be a great time for people with Venus in Libra or with a lot of Libra in their chart. Anyone who has a lot of air in their chart is going to feel comfortable as Venus is now in Gemini. So right now Venus is in Gemini and she actually entered her shadow today. So what that means is that she's got a retrograde period coming up. So all the planets go retrograde at one point or another each year. And Venus goes retrograde the least of all the planets. So she goes retrograde actually every two-ish years. So she doesn't go retrograde as frequently as all the other planets. So with Venus, we feel it a lot. So Venus goes retrograde the least often. Mars goes retrograde the second least often. Okay. mercury the third least often if that i know that's shocking because we feel like mercury is always retrograde so venus and
2: mars oh, i take they spend in retrograde mercury is the least often
1: yes oh okay he has retrograde phases the most frequently but as far as time goes it's the least often that he is moving backwards from our perspective. The big outer planets has been half the year retrograde. Correct. So I take back what I said earlier. Not all the planets go retrograde every year. Venus and Mars are the ones that do not go retrograde every year. The rest of the planets are in retrograde for portions of every single year. Mm -hmm. So when Venus and Mars go retrograde or in retrograde, we feel them really profoundly because it's not something that we're as used to. Now, I always want to give this caveat. If you have a planet in retrograde in your chart, in your natal chart, your birth chart, then it will probably feel more comfortable for you. It'll feel like home because that's what you're born under. So people who have Mercury retrograde in their chart are anomaly. They don't understand the Mercury retrograde memes on Instagram. They're like, what's going on? (laughs) I just did a a chart reading for a woman like that two days ago. And I was like, so how do you feel when Mercury is retrograde? She's like, I don't understand it. And I was like, yeah, that's because Mercury is retrograde in your chart. So... With that said, yeah, so Venus is in Gemini right now. She's not going to leave Gemini until August 7th, if you can believe it. That's an incredibly long time for Venus to
2: be in one sign because she usually... How long would she normally spend in a sign if she wasn't?
1: She normally, if she was going at full throttle speed, she normally would spend about five weeks in a sign.
2: Oh, so this is a ridiculously long
1: time. Yes, because her retrograde is going to happen in Gemini and she's going to stay in Gemini the whole time. So sometimes when a planet retrogrades, it dips back into the sign before and then comes back in. But this one, she's going to be in Gemini the whole time. So she's going to be in Gemini and it's a really interesting placement for Venus because you know Venus is very chatty when she's in Gemini. She's very interested in social interaction and she's always a social being. She is an extrovert, (laughs) but when she's in Gemini, she's really interested in collecting new experiences, new connections. She's interested in being intellectual and mentally stimulated. She's not necessarily looking for deep, profound connection. She's looking for lots of interesting conversations.
2: Okay, so I can see how part of that could work with quarantine in part would be a little difficult. (laughs) Yeah, so it's going to be challenging on a lot of levels,
1: but let's talk about the ways that it could be really satisfying. So so let's start with the good news. The good news is that um, she's in Gemini and Gemini rules communication. It rules siblings so, your second home with your sister or brother, it's a great time. <laughs> it rules on local travel. So, really interesting that Venus is going to go backwards in Gemini when we are all being told that we cannot travel even locally. It rules our peers. It rules platonic connections. It rules brainstorming and intellectual curiosity and mental stimulation and community. Um, it also rules gadgets and devices. So... Not surprising that this is a moment where we are all on our gadgets and all on our devices and relying on those things to help us foster community and foster connection with other people in our lives. A lot of us are actually creating new connections because maybe you're on a Zoom happy hour and you're meeting your friend's friends, right? So I had a birthday a few weeks ago, so... And so did my best friend. So we had lots of Zoom happy hours of people meeting each other who hadn't met each other before and maybe wouldn't have because one person lives in Portland, one person lives in New York, one person lives in Texas. So we're fostering connections and that is definitely a positive aspect of this Venus and Gemini period. The thing about Venus and Gemini is that she moves quickly. She thinks quickly. She thinks on her feet. She wants to be stimulated all the time. So you have to let yourself, you might find that you're jumping from one thing to the other, or jumping from one friend group to the other, or putting together a lot of Zoom happy hours, or finding that you are scrolling Instagram and jumping from one thing to the next, or you have a lot of interest right now all of those things are good things like i think all of those things are okay during this time especially because you have to do whatever you can to get by right now so whatever you're doing is absolutely fine but i do think that finding connection and having social connection and meeting new people and finding new ways to activate your brain are all going to be useful at this time and it doesn't mean you know there's a lot of like stuff going on out there, which is like, Oh, learn a language or you're in quarantine. It's a great time to start a business. Like, you know, all those things are great. And if you feel motivated to do it, do it. But Venus and Gemini is going to be looking for mental stimulation on the surface. Lots of different things. Gemini likes variety. Mm-hmm. So you might not choose to go deep with one thing right now. You might be testing and tasting and that's okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I can even relate to that. Like, oh, I'm going to dabble in this a little bit, dabble in that a little bit. And so is this what we're going to feel right now once Venus goes into Gemini or she is in Gemini now?
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: so this sounds good. This sounds like it could definitely work with quarantine. And then what happens when she goes retrograde?
1: So Venus just entered her shadow. So that basically okay. means that she's at five degrees Gemini. What's going to happen is... Um, May 13th, she is going to start her retrograde journey. So from our vantage point on earth, it will appear that she is moving backwards. Okay. What the shadow period means is that she's just hit the degree that she will retrograde back to. So we're going to start to see the themes coming up. We're going to start to see the stories coming up that we are going to be working with during Venus retrograde. It is a wonderful time to meet new people, collect new connections, address some of the ways that you want to be treated or the way that you treat yourself. You know, from a positive standpoint, we were just speaking before we started recording how both of us are sharing with clients to go online date at this time. This is a great time to if you're sitting at home and you're single, it's a great time to get online dating and kind of build your bench is what I'm saying, calling it. Like build your bench, like have a lot of you know, new connections. Yeah. This is a great time to get to know someone, right? And see if they intellectually stimulate you because you're not necessarily you don't have that experience of being in the same physical space and understanding what energetic resonance there is. So It's a great time to see if someone mentally stimulates you. And as we all know, like that at the end of the day is what keeps the relationship going. So this is a great time to have those long phone conversations and and see what people are really about. And then by the time Venus leaves Gemini, which is not going to be till August 7th, Venus will go into Cancer. And then you'll really have a strong idea of who you want to know on a deeper level, because Venus and Cancer is going to be much more interested in that depth. So with that said, I think that this is a great time to get out there and make those new connections and to build your bench, as I'm calling it. Now, if you are on the other side of this and you are in a relationship right now and you are working through your stuff being in quarantine in relationship, it's a very interesting time.
2: (laughs) There's also probably people who are in relationships, but they're not quarantining together. And so now they're effectively long distance.
1: Yes, and I think that is it'll be really interesting. I mean, I think that astrology aside, quarantine is going to put our, all of our relationships to the test, right? <laughs> but, you know, Venus retrograde, it is an opportunity for you to really assess your relationships, what you want from them, what you value in them, what's important to you in your relationship, how you want to be treated in your relationship. Venus retrograde often has a a knack, if you will, for bringing up our old karmic issues around relationship. So if you have a tendency to find yourself in relationships where you feel unvalued, that's going to come up and show its head. If you have a tendency to be in relationships where you feel taken for granted, or if you have a tendency to be the person that always needs to be in control, whatever it is, whatever your emotional pattern is in relationship, that's going to pop up. Now we're going to feel that even more. And so if you are in a relationship right now, a serious relationship, you're going to have to work through some of those old karmas. That's going to be inevitable. And it's really inevitable because when you're in close proximity with someone, if you are living with your significant other, you know, we're on week four. things are getting tested. <laughs> we're, we're you know, working from home isn't necessarily looking so good for those of us that don't normally do it. <laughs> so we're having those those challenges and we're and we're gonna we're gonna see the emotional undercurrent of those challenges pop up. But what's really good about that is that it gives us an opportunity to heal them hmm That's why even if you're not in a relationship, if you are single, or even if you aren't in a relationship, this is a wonderful time to look at how you talk to yourself and how you treat yourself. Yeah. So if you are a person that is really hard on yourself, or you're always putting yourself down, or let's say you're doing the whole, like, I'm in quarantine, so I'm eating all the food and making myself feel like shit and beating myself up after for it. Like if those are some of the patterns that are coming up for you, this is going to be a real good opportunity for you to look at that with open eyes and hopefully, you know, change the habit. So that's a big thing that's happening. You have to remember that Venus rules pleasure and desire. So there's going to be a strong pull toward the things that are our, our crutches, our emotional crutches, right? So, It's going to be a good opportunity for us to really look at when we're stressed, what do we do? When we are stuck inside with not feeling free, what do we do? And how does that affect our relationship with our own self? So I think we're all getting a a crash course in self-love right now (laughs) because we're not really having a lot of interactions. We're not having a lot of external stimulation. So we're having to deal with ourselves. We're having to sit down, even if you are binging on Netflix, like there's only so long that you can do that. At some point, you're going to have to face yourself amidst this global crisis.
2: Hey there. I wanted to jump in here real quick to let you know about a brand new free workshop I've created. It's called the five-step strategy to banish anxiety and overwhelm in your love life. So you can attract a fulfilling partnership and live a life of purpose. In the workshop, I break down exactly why you're in the dating pattern you're in, the number one reason why successful women specifically struggle in love, and of course, what to do about it, and how to take the confidence you feel in the rest of your life and apply it to your dating life, and of course, so much more. If you like my style, my philosophy, and how I coach women on the show, you're going to love this
0: work. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Workshop.
2: I teach you the why and how behind a lot of what I do while even digging a bit into the science of love so you can begin to see real change in your own love life. It's really all of my best work in one place, and you can access the free workshop right now. You don't have to spend years in therapy or read every damn book in the self-help aisle to dramatically transform your love life. If you feel like you have it all but love, this is 100% for you. So grab your free seat at veronicagrant.com forward slash workshop. And now back to the show. So will it be, because you said Venus and Gemini likes to keep things light and fun and whatever. So as she retrogrades and our stuff comes up, whether we're dating and our stuff comes up or in a relationship and our stuff comes up, I know we need to, but will it be also a good time to do the inner? Because I remember, I always think like, I think I heard you say it. I don't know. But when a planet's in retrograde, you want to do anything that begins with an RE, like reflect or... Yeah, mm-hmm. or yeah,
1: totally. So okay. while Venus and Gemini does seek out variety of mental stimulations, whenever a planet goes retrograde, you want to focus on reflection, redoing, rehashing, renewing, repurposing, whatever the re is, right? We are going to definitely see old X's pop up just like Mercury retrograde, but even more so Venus retrogrades. You definitely see the old X's pop up. You'll definitely get a random email that you were not expecting. You'll definitely have that dream about that person from 10 years ago that you totally forgot about. Like those are common, common themes during Venus retrograde. Those things are actually really helpful because they encourage us to reflect on some of the mistakes of the past Mm -hmm. and heal some of those wounds that might still be there So maybe you're in a very happy long-term relationship right now, or maybe you're single and you're dating and you have that memory of a past relationship and it brings up a feeling that you just forgot about, but that's a a wonderful opportunity to heal that now that it's not such a fresh wound. So we are going to have a really wonderful opportunity to heal a lot of those old traumas and patterns and karmas and all of that stuff.
2: Okay. That makes sense. I was going to say, what are the dates?
1: Yeah, so Venus, um, she is in uh, her shadow today. Um, So she's going to come back to five degrees Gemini, and that's where she is today. Okay. But Venus retrograde starts on Wednesday, May 13th. And then she is going to be stationing and moving direct on Thursday, June 25th. And then she's going to clear her shadow. So she's going to clear that last degree Gemini that she was retrograde in on July 29th. And then she's going to leave Gemini and go into cancer Friday, August 7th. So by the time we come out of, by the time she leaves Gemini, we're going to be in a totally different world. You know, August 7th, hopefully we'll be, you know, going back to, we'll be already back at work and we'll be going back to yoga studios and doing all the things we love doing, right? Hopefully. But, you know, astrologically, we're also going to have a totally different vibe that we're working with. Right now we have Mars and Aquarius. And when Venus goes into Cancer, we're actually going to be preparing for Mars retrograde. And that's going to be a whole other type of intensity. So as we were talking about, 2020 is an intense year. This is a year that astrologers have been looking at for decades. Like it's a year that we're all we've been waiting for. and Now we're here and we're in the muck. Um, There's a lot of huge, huge, huge conjunctions happening this year. We started the year with Saturn and Pluto coming together. We just had our first of three conjunctions between Jupiter and Pluto. And we're ending the year with Jupiter and Saturn coming together, which is considered the great conjunction It happens every 20 years. So we started the year with a 36-year cycle, ending and beginning. And we're ending the year with a 20-year cycle, ending and beginning. Um, and in between, we have all sorts of adventures. So it is a very intense year, not to be taken lightly. But that intensity brings us the opportunity to transform. Mm-hmm. So we're all in that soup right now, yeah. <laughs> waiting to be rebirthed on the other side.
2: <laughs> yeah. I do remember hearing, I'm not like decades ago, but a year or two ago, people talking about 2020 and I'm like, okay, I guess that kind of sucks. But then <laughs> pandemic, like, I don't know if that was quite on, certainly wasn't on my radar. So, okay, back to Venus going retrograde. How might, I mean, obviously if people want to know how it's going to personally affect them they should book a session with you but for people listening how might the retrograde affect people who have different placements specifically of venus or other things in their chart
1: yeah so if you've got venus or a lot of air venus in gemini or an air sign so the air signs are gemini libra and aquarius Okay. if you've got Venus in any of those air signs, this is going to feel more comfortable for you. If you are an air sign or you have a lot of air in your chart, this is going to feel more comfortable for you because it's speaking your language. If you are a fire sign, Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, or you have Venus in one of those signs, that's going to also feel more comfortable for you because air makes fire burn brighter. Even during the Um,
2: retro period, it's going to be more comfortable. Not just... just Yeah,
1: yeah. It's just, it's going to feel like it's speaking your language. Okay. You know, air and fire signs are the yang signs. So those have that more uh, yang energy, that more masculine energy, that energy of pushing energy outward into the world. So that's going to feel more comfortable for you. if you are an earth sign, Capricorn, Taurus, Virgo. This is going to feel a little uncomfortable for you. Um, If you have Venus in one of those signs, it's going to feel a little bit uncomfortable for you. If you are a water sign, and that would be Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces, again, a little less comfortable for you. Because those are the yin signs. Those are the feminine signs. Those are the signs signs that like to receive they don't push the energy out they receive the energy they pull the energy in so
2: that's going to feel a little bit less comfortable for them okay this is a question i didn't tell you i was going to ask you but we had another episode about compatibility so we'll put that link in the show notes so if you guys want to learn more about compatibility in astrology go listen to that but as it relates to venus you know if someone's looking at their chart and their venus is in like aries or something how does Is a person that there might be romantically or even like business partnership interested in, does their Venus sign matter when it comes to, you know, compatibility and stuff like that?
1: Yeah. So my big thing with the compatibility is like, I always think the moon is the most important, but you definitely want to have some compatibility in terms of your Venus. So if you are a man looking for a woman, we look at your Venus to see what kind of woman you're attracted to. And if you're a woman looking for a man, we look at the Mars to see what kind of man you're attracted to. And if you are a woman looking for a woman, we look at the Venus and et cetera. Okay. So, you know, yeah, I think that Venus in our chart can tell us a good deal about a few things, how we want to be treated in a relationship, what we value in a relationship, how we approach relationships. And I'm not saying just romantically, also in our friendships and even in our business partnerships, you know? So because at the end of the day, yes, Venus rules love and relationships and money and all of those things, but the umbrella overarching all those things is how we value others and how we want to be valued.
2: Okay, cool. Is there anything about Venus that I haven't asked that is useful or helpful to know? I don't think so. Awesome. Well, before I let you go, can I ask you another question? I didn't tell you I was going to ask you. <laughs> sure. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Well, okay. I know you always talk about this on your podcast, so people want to hear more about it. They should listen to your podcast. But can you talk a little bit about the astrology of the pandemic?
1: Okay. So this is a hard one. <laughs> okay. okay, It's it's not really a hard one. It's just I'm being very careful about what I'm saying because I really right, want not to do focus prediction. on... Yeah. I don't do predictions, but I also really want people to focus on what scientists and doctors are saying because those are the people that know what's happening better than me or any other person in a healing, in in, in a woo woo profession. And I say woo woo with the utmost respect because I call my pet psychic before I call my vet, but that's (laughs) for my cat. But like, (laughs) um, so. Yeah. So what's happening? Okay. So here's the deal. This Venus retrograde in Gemini beyond everything we talked about. What's really interesting is that Gemini actually rules the lungs and it rules our arms and our fingers. And um, in Chinese medicine, the arms and the hands are extensions of the heart and the lungs. Right. Lungs also are. I'm not an expert in Chinese medicine. This is very basic stuff that I've learned just from going to acupuncture, but. The lungs also are where we house sadness and grief. So I think on an esoteric level, it's not surprising to me that Venus is is going to be retrograde in Gemini because we are experiencing a ton of sadness and a ton of grief. And we're feeling that in our lungs. So even if you're not, if you don't have the virus, like it's not surprising that I have I have anyone I know who has asthma or lung issues is like on. Alert because of how the virus manifests in the human body, right? So, we are collectively very concerned with people's breathing right now. And the breath is the thing that helps us move energy in the body from an esoteric perspective. I think it's interesting on so many levels. Gemini is an air sign. Um, The virus is, you know, travels via air, the respiratory molecules suspend in air. And that's, you know, I'm not an expert on this at all. Mm-hmm. Um, science was not my favorite subject. So I I really I don't know about that, but it just seems to me that a virus that we can't see, that is spread like the typical colder flu, you know, having a suspended period of a planet being retrograde in an air sign, it's not surprising to me that we are experiencing that astrologically and um dealing with all of this stuff. And on the esoteric level, not surprising to me that it's in Gemini because of the lungs. And because on the one hand, the physical hand, on the one side, physically, this is impacting people's ability to breathe. And on the esoteric level, we are processing a whole lot of sadness and grief. Furthermore, we've got Saturn and Mars in Aquarius right now. Saturn is sort of giving us a sneak peek of Aquarius because he's only there for a few months. And then come the summer, he's going to move back into Capricorn for a few months and then finally go back into Aquarius at the end of the year and stay there for another two plus years. And so we are having a shift of a lot. The great conjunction at the end of the year, Jupiter and Saturn come together. They're going to come together in Aquarius. For 200 years, they've been meeting up every 20 years in Earth signs, this is going to be the beginning of a 200 year cycle where they start to meet up in air signs. Again, not surprising that we're having a global pandemic (laughs) that travels faster than we can see. We can't actually see it. It's in the ethers and we're having all this air. The other side of that is that ideas travel faster when we have a lot of air, you know, air rules, our ideas, our mental faculties, um, our brains. So ideas travel faster, thoughts travel faster, air is ever present. So I think there are a lot of things. I don't know if I'm being so clear.
2: So <laughs> I it's really interesting. I think it's fascinating, actually.
1: Um, I'm not I'm not sure if it's so clear. So I have a lot of thoughts on it. If I had to just like make the prediction, I mean, I'm really going to go with one of my favorite astrologers and her prediction because I think her prediction is much better than anything I've come up with. But um, basically, what she's saying, Ann Wortley, if you're familiar with her, she's fantastic. And what she's saying, and I agree with, is that we had Venus come through Aries earlier this year. And we really started to get the call that like China was really dire. And then we saw that Italy was really dire and Venus was squaring all those Capricorn planets that we've been talking about for months and months, right? So Pluto, Saturn, which is now in Aquarius, Jupiter is now there. So those degrees of of Capricorn were getting squared by Venus and Aries. And now we've got the sun coming through Aries, squaring those degrees of Capricorn and Pluto is still there. So I think that Pluto and Capricorn is really destroying the old ways that we were living and giving us the opportunity to create a new world. And I think we all knew it was going to be intense. You know, Pluto is actually we're having a Pluto return as a country in the USA. So the actual return is 2023, but Pluto's moves extremely slow. It takes over 200 years to move around the Zodiac. So we're getting back to that spot where Pluto was on July 4th, 1776. So not surprising that we are having this extreme transformation of our culture, of our society, both on a global level, but very much so here in the US because I'd venture to say that none of us really thought this was possible. Even if you were a scientist and in the back of your head mind, you knew this was possible. You probably didn't really in your bones, believe it was going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's not surprising that this is the way the transformation is being delivered. You know, we're having this opportunity to rebuild our our culture, rebuild our society. And I think with the sun moving through Aries right now, squaring those Capricorn degrees and and Pluto and Capricorn, which is going to happen on Tuesday,
2: That is two weeks before this podcast came out. Just for everyone listening.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to give you the date. So you knew what I was talking about. So it'll be Tuesday, April 14th. I think after that, things will chill a little bit. Come August, September, when Mars goes into Aries and then retrogrades in Aries and hits those degrees, I think we're going to have that. It's going to probably going to have that second wave. And that second wave might, I mean, it might not be here. It might be another part of the world. I think that we're going to definitely see this die down in the summer based on what the scientists are saying, based on the astrology. And then come August, September, we'll probably see it pop up again. And then toward the end of the year, once we head toward that great conjunction, which will happen um, in December, we'll be on the precipice of a new world. I mean, that's truly what I believe. And with the new president? (laughs) I mean, hopefully, right? (laughs) I mean, we have to make sure we get mail-in voting. (laughs) So that's the main thing, because I'm worried about a second wave, just even if it's not bad, making people scared to go out. But Mars and Pluto, you know, that's no messing around. That's that's what we call like war energy. Mm -hmm. When Mars and Pluto get together, we had Mars and Pluto conjunct a few months ago, little bit ago and then we'll we'll have them square and that will be challenging and if you have mars and pluto together in any capacity in your chart whether they're swearing or conjunct or opposed or even if they're in a helpful harmonious trine or sextile you know it's intense energy it's intense energy and so and if you have that in your chart you know how that feels it feels very intense you're probably a very passionate person you're
2: probably um, yeah, minor conjunct in Scorpio. So I, I get all this.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a very, very, you're, it's an intense person who has Mars yeah. and Pluto together, which also gives you a lot of determination and focus. So, you know, toward, toward, the, end, toward the end of summer, beginning of fall, when Mars squares Pluto, we're going to have that intensity, that focus, that passion, that drive. That might be a really good thing. And it might be a really scary thing. And the other thing is that we have Jupiter and Pluto meeting up three times this year. They just had their first conjunction. And, you know, it's so funny. I was just telling you, we're having this like, like really annoying bug infestation in my building, not bed bugs. Thank God. (laughs) So just for all the New Yorkers, you don't have to be scared to come near me once the pandemic is over. Um, (laughs) Um, but it was so funny. My business coach was like, Oh, funny timing. And I said, well, on the physical level, it makes sense. Half the building is gone. There's all these like reasons the exterminator told me, but on the astrological plane, Jupiter is expanding Pluto because Jupiter expands. Pluto rules what lives underneath the surface. (laughs) What's happening? The water bugs are crawling up the pipes because no one's home. (laughs) they live below the surface and Um, they're coming up and we're (laughs) seeing them. And so my cockroach problem is a metaphor for what's going on in the country and in the world. I mean, astrology is not just for the U S the Jupiter is coming to Pluto and expanding what lives below the surface. Mm -hmm. We always had all of these issues. We always have had inequality. We've always taken advantage of the people working the minimum wage jobs. We've always had, we've been on a cusp of a medical emergency for a long time. The country has been, you know, defunding these hospitals in rural areas. Like we were cruising for something to happen that was going to make us have to look at the problems that were underneath the surface. And so basically Jupiter is saying, Hey, like it's shining a light on all of those Plutonian issues, Pluto destroys for the sake of transformation, which is, it also rules death. So that's why we're seeing so much death and so much sadness, you know? But it's, it is what it is. I mean, I, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, I think the prediction, I, I will say I'm not in the game of predictions, although Cuomo kept saying we're going to reach the apex in 30 to 45 days. And I said, no, we're reaching the apex when sun and Aries squares Pluto and Capricorn. <laughs> And and we are there. We are there. (laughs) So that's happening on Tuesday and we're at the apex. And now Cuomo is saying the apex is going to be on Sunday on Easter. So the astrology works.
2: (laughs) That's so interesting. Yeah. It's like, sometimes I'm like, I don't know, is astrology like is it real? Is it a thing? And then like, you tell me that and I'm like, fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, when we were starting to really hunker down, I was like, I mean, listen, I think that they really don't know. They really don't know mm-hmm. from a medical standpoint what they're dealing with. But I also think that they are strategically telling us it's going to be further out because they don't want people to leave their homes and think that social distancing or physical distancing isn't working. hmm I don't know. I don't know. I think that, but I I do know that astrologically, like Sun and Aries, square Pluto and Capricorn, that's really major energy. I think that we also have Mercury going into Aries right now. So that is some fighting energy. Mm -hmm. So I figured that we would be really in the throes of it this week and next. And we are.
2: Yeah. And then when this comes out, I think the sun will already be in Taurus. So we hopefully past.
1: Yeah. So um, my original non-prediction prediction was that come April 20th, things would start to chill out. I don't know if that's going to be the fact, like what it's going to, I don't know that things are going to chill out for a long while right now, based on what we're seeing. Yeah. But I do think once the sun goes into Taurus, things will, be more steady and a little bit more predictable. I don't want to say manageable because I have no idea what the medical worker hospital situation is going to be. But I think right now the problem is that we're working with a lot of unknown. And I think by the time some goes into Taurus, we'll be working with some more predictable information. Like I, I think they'll be able to predict the, the wave a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And also Taurus loves steadiness. So anytime Mercury and the sun go into Taurus, we're going to seek what makes us feel stable. We're going to seek what feels comfortable and unchangeable.
2: Yeah.
1: So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting because right at the beginning of sun and Taurus, sun will meet up with with Uranus and then that will probably give us a, a nice, or I shouldn't say nice, a surprise, nice or not. I have no idea because Uranus is an equal opportunity (laughs) surpriser. <laughs> but um that's early in Taurus. So I think we'll have while the sun makes its way through Taurus we'll probably get some more reliable information okay. that we can make some we can make some decisions on you know when we'll go back to whatever the new normal is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, as always, I could talk to you all day and I keep asking you yes. questions, but I won't. So where can my listeners find you, book a session? Sure. To- so everything is on my website,
1: com. Every week I have a show called The Essential Astrocast, and it gets posted on YouTube as well as on my blog, on my website. But most people like to listen to it as a podcast. So you can find me on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, just search Essential Astrocast. (laughs) Yeah, just look for Essential Astrocast wherever you're listening to this podcast and you will find me. And yeah, that's pretty much it. You can find me on Instagram. I post about astrology almost daily in my stories. So you can find me there and it's at Veronica Peretti, no dots, no spaces.
2: And we'll put all of these links in the show notes. And um, I don't know if we'll, I assume you'll still be doing yoga at the end of April when this comes out.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to do that for the foreseeable future because I really love doing it. So I, as well as being an astrologer, I'm a yoga teacher, I've been a yoga teacher far longer and uh, I'm teaching online yoga, which Veronica is taking part in Mm -hmm. and I like to, I call it the online yoga club because that's what it really feels like. Yeah. And um, we meet Monday, Wednesday, Friday and Sunday and we do vinyasa flow Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And on Sundays we do restorative and meditation and it's all on zoom and I offer recordings and it's a membership, and it's a really awesome group of people and it's really fun. It feels like my own virtual yoga studio and I'm really having a blast doing it. And I think that people are really enjoying it as well.
2: Yeah. It's really great. I recommend it. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Veronica, for coming onto the show and sharing all of your non-prediction predictions and yes, and-
0: <laughs> I really appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks
2: for having me. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love until next time. Remember wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus,